taking the pulse of the city. The Capital Letter on Newstalk ZB. It's Capital Letter time and uh, we have Georgina Campbell in the studio. She's taken over the studio. I'm working from home. Uh, good morning, George. Good morning, Nick. How you doing? I'm good. It's funny. Yeah. I can see you on Zoom from, from home, but I'm in the studio. It's a very cool setup. Uh, and I'm feeling a little bit embarrassed because the last time I saw you, I was really cocky about not catching something, wasn't I? I was uh, <laughs> yelling across the, across the, the newsroom, I'm not going to catch COVID. So a week oh. later, I'm, I'm at home. Uh, Green Party, they've given I Own the Planet, I Own a Planet. I call, I, that's my, my own, that's not my personal one, but I love it. Uh, the boot ahead of the next local election. Now, this, to me, was pretty major, really major, because if anyone represents the Green Party, to me, in my humble opinion, it's Iona Panet. I mean, she doesn't own a car, she won't do this, she won't do that. She's, she's everything that a Green Party member is. Suddenly, she's got the boot. This is going to be a major loss. Yeah, look, this was brutal. Um, the, the Green Party held a selection meeting on Saturday Iona Panett has been the Green Ticket Councillor for the Lambton Ward for 15 years. She's been a Green Party member since 1999. And the interesting thing is there was no competition for the Lambton Ward and the Green Party's basically said, no, we don't want you anymore. And this is really fascinating. It says a lot about where the party's heading. It was all about her vote, which we covered on the spatial plan last year. She wanted to protect character areas in the city um, and the Green Party didn't like that. Um, the hard thing is, is that Iona Panet has always had these views about heritage. So she's being very true to herself and she's transparently campaigned on this. But I think what it says about the party is that the that sort of stark trade-off between protecting heritage and affordable housing is just really tense right now. And they, you know, the party's going with, with housing and, and doing everything it can to build affordable housing which, and freeing which, up space. Which we understand is a green thing and we understand that it's everyone should be thinking that way. Do you think she'll run as an independent or do you think she might even run for mayor? She has confirmed that she will be running as an independent, so that will be really fascinating. And she has a really strong voter base in, in Lambton, so, you know, she, she might get in. I, I doubt she'll run for mayor, though, um, but, you know, you never know. Well, the thing is, there's just no one else standing up. I mean, realistically, if she ran for mayor right now, she'd have a great chance. Well, she'd be in competition with Tori Fano, who um, the Green Party did endorse as a candidate. She is an independent candidate, but the party has endorsed her. And I think it's going to be a while before we see the mayoral campaign really kicking off. You know, local body elections aren't until October. So I think we've got a few months um, to wait until we see some more candidates emerge. Okay. Do you think, in, you think I mean, apart from Paul Eagle, you think there's going to be other ones as well? Well, I think everybody's waiting to see what Paul will do because I think that will sort of um, make up a lot of people's minds. If if Paul runs, and it's widely rumoured that he will, then I think a lot of people will be like, all right, well, I'm not going to go up against him. Uh, talking about mayoralty things, is it really difficult or how hard should it be for mayor to, mayors to achieve the incremental changes that they want and they campaigned on? It looks like you, you can have these dreams and ambitions, but if you can't get the council to back you, you might as well be nobody. Exactly. And I really want people to remember this um, 
as these sort of assessing mayoral candidates coming up to local body elections because they can make all the promises under the sun about, you know, cutting wasteful spending and fixing broken pipes and building cycleways, but it means nothing if they don't have a majority around the table. And that's something that they can't promise because... We don't know who's going to be elected onto council. And we've seen the repercussions of not having a working majority um, with Andy Foster's mayoralty. And so as well as obviously it weighing up people's policies, I think it's really important to look at mayoral candidates and think, well, can they work together? You know, like, can they form dynamic relationships um, around the council table? And that's just as important, just as important to me as, you know, the policies that they're standing for. I know we've run out of time and you've only got a couple of seconds, but we are going to talk about it in the next hour. The results are in from Let's Get Wellington Moving's public consultation. And for me, there's absolutely no surprises in any of it. No, and I mean, basically people are like, yes, we like light rail. Um, of the respondents, 53% um, said, yes, we, we want light rail over bus rapid transit. But, you know, Nick, I'm sort of like, well, I think we already know that. Can yeah, we kind of get on with a plan to, to build it? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Of course people are going to say, no, we don't want new buses. Well, the light rail sounds a hell of a lot more sexier than old but new new buses, doesn't it? Exactly. I mean, it's just silly. I mean, I mean, that's no response. Hey, George, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining me this morning. Sorry that we had to do it from far apart, but we, we got there in the end. Lovely to chat, Nick. Very oh. cool setup for the tech. <laughs> Uh, Georgina Campbell there, uh, she is the Herald uh, Issues reporter from Wellington.